Bhaktavataram Bhaktakyam Namami Bhakti Shaktikam He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dina Bandhu Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostate Jayatam Suratau Pangor Mamamanda Matergati Matsarvasva Padambojau Radha Madana Mohanau Divyad Brindaranyakalpadrumadha Sriman Ratnagada Singhasana Stau Sri Sri Radha Shilagovinda Devau Prestalibi Saviamanos Marani Sriman Rasarasarambi Bamsi Bata Tatastita Karshan Venus when I go peer Gopinatha Sriyas Dunaha Taptakanchana Gorangi Radhe Brindabaneshwari Brishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Adwaita Gadadhara Shiva Sri Gaur Bhakta Brinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. I am profoundly grateful for this opportunity to be in the association of all of the assembled devotees. At this particular time, when so many people are in lockdown, when there is great fear, confusion, economic uncertainty, and diseases and deaths among people that we know. Um, it is a time of great challenge. Bhaktivinoda Thakur has famously said that where there's the greatest need, there's the greatest opportunity to serve. And Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Sri Chaitanya Bhagavad, he has said that impediments are actually friends of devotees. Because impediments, if we understand them through the eyes of scriptures and through the eyes of the teachings of the great souls, they take us by the hand and help us to 
sincerely take heartfelt shelter of the Lord. Many of the greatest transformations in the lives of saints and ordinary people who became saints happened in times of great problem. So today and for the next few days, we're going to be having our Kartik Yatra in this virtual way where um, the apparent impediment of separation from each other and separation from the holy land of Sri Vrindavan um, becomes an opportunity to actually access mercy and grace that are only possible in these times. Separation is an impediment. Srila Ramananda Rai, he told Lord Chaitanya that the only suffering that I know is to be in separation from your devotees. Because in the association of devotees, we can truly feel the presence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Separation, an impediment, we find how throughout history great personalities have grown through this challenge. The Brijabhasis, the residents of Brindavan. Krishna left Brindavan for Mathura and then went to Dwarka. The separation that the gopis and the gopas were feeling can never be understood by the human heart. We can only catch a drop from the ocean of the experience of their separation by Sri Radharani and Sri Krishna's mercy. Krishna lived in Vrindavan for hardly 11 years. And while he was performing his leelas, if Krishna was not with them physically, the cows, the gopas, the gopis, the trees, the peacocks, everyone, they felt such separation. In fact, a moment seemed like a yuga or 12 years or more. The gopis, they, they criticized Brahma, the creator, for putting eyelids over their eyes because even when they were with Krishna, directly the blinking of their eyes was unbearable to not see him. How is Krishna supremely so beautiful, so attractive? 
that one supreme absolute truth who manifesting the ultimate sweetness can attract people's love in this way. That a blink of the eye, which is a fraction of a second, seems forever. When Krishna would be with the cowherd boys in the pastures in Balaram during the day, um, the gopis and the gopas who were at home, they would be constantly singing Krishna's names, constantly singing Krishna's pastimes, reminding each other in total absorption. And that only made a sweeter union when Krishna would return. But then Akrura, he took Krishna and Balaram away from Brindavan for approximately 110 years of Krishna's Leela, Krishna was away from Brindavan in his manifested physical form, spiritual physical form. And at that time, what kept the Brijabhasis alive was continually absorbing themselves and remembering Krishna by chanting his holy names, chanting his glories, remembering his beautiful form, his teachings, his pastimes. As a community, they were there for each other, totally reminding each other of Krishna. And in this way, their love was expanding, increasing at every moment. In fact, Udhava, who was in Mathura, Krishna's dearmost friend, constant associate, when he was sent to Brindaban and he saw the, the love exhibited in the impediment of separation, in the Brijabhasis, he considered that he had no love at all. He prayed to be a little piece of grass in the ground of Sri Braj Bhumi so that the gopas and the gopis may step on his head. And by that connection with them, by serving them in that way, he may have a glimpse of the experience of the love for Krishna that they had. Union and separation. Tatra tishtami narada yatra gayanti madbhakta. Krishna tells Narada Muni that wherever my devotees have come together to hear and chant my names and glories, absorbed in remembrance of me in that way, that is where I am forever present. And our beloved Guru Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada, he would say that Krishna never takes a step out of Brindavan. 
So actually, wherever the devotees are absorbed in Krishna, chanting his names and glories, that is Vrindavan, where Krishna is present. The Brittabhasis, they would hear news. In those days, five millennia back, there was no internet or newspapers or anything like that. Somehow or other, there was just little pieces of news that would come. When they heard that Krishna left Mathura with his whole Yaru dynasty to move a long distance away in Dwarka, that only increased the impediment of separation. And then they got news that he married 16,108 of the most beautiful, exalted princesses and was living in magnificent palaces with each and every one of them. And he had children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Would he ever return? Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita reveals the heart of Sri Radha and the gopis in the prayer to Krishna that you have sent Uddhava to teach us to meditate on you. But we long to serve you. We are drowning in an ocean, a limitless ocean of separation from you. And we are being devoured by the gigantic Timangila fish of our aspiration to serve you. And Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is Krishna himself, reveals to us that there is no higher love than this mood of the Braja Gopis and Gopas in separation. On the highest level, impediments, when they help us to absorb ourselves and taking shelter of Krishna, are the greatest impetus for bhakti. In fact, Krishna was born in Mathura when Devaki and Basudev were seriously in a lockdown. For years they had been shackled by chains, iron chains, in an underground prison under the persecution harassment of Kamsa. Kamsa had massive militaries surrounding them. They were helpless. But it was in that state, in their love and their devotion, that Krishna reciprocated and took birth as their own child. The greatness of Brindavan needs to be understood 
through the context of how the scriptures give us a way to approach. We have heard from the devotees um, in this little beautiful parikrama of Brindavan and Govardhan Eco Village. Um, beautiful stories of Sri Radharani, Sri Krishna, and the Gopas and the Gopis. So sweet, so beautiful, yet so exalted. The approach to Brindavan is revealed in the Srimad Bhagavatam itself. Although Krishna appears in Brindavan to be an ordinary boy, we cannot take it cheaply. It is not something that we could simply have fun with. It's something that is revealed according to the depths of our gratitude and surrender. The Bhagavad Gita, which is preliminary to Srimad Bhagavatam, teaches us the greatness of God. He reveals his Virat Rupa, his universal form. He reveals himself to be Aham Sarvasya Prabhavomata Sarvam Pravartate Iti Matva Bajante Mam Buddha Bhava Samanvata the source of all material and spiritual worlds. Everything emanates from me. The father, the mother of every living entity forever. That could only be known through surrender. Sarvadharman paritya mame kam sharanam Aham tvam sarvapapibyo moksha yisamimasa Parikshit Maharaj taught us how to surrender. <laughs> he was going to die in seven days. This was a serious impediment. He made a small mistake, which he deeply regretted. But for that mistake, he was cursed to die in seven days in such a fearful way by being bitten by a snake bird. Parikshit Maharaj, he was young. He had a wonderful family. He was the ruler of the world. He had everything, popularity, but he took it as a blessing. He, he looked deeper into this apparent impediment and saw the door to surrender. Srimad Bhagavatam, the narration begins where he is sitting on the bank of the river Ganges and for those seven days, hearing the glories of the Lord 
from Sukadev Goswami. Sukadev Goswami, the son of Vyasadev, his eternal identity is an intimate parrot of Sri Radharani and Goloka Brindavan. He knows all the deepest secrets of Krishna's pastimes. He approaches Brindavan through the first nine cantos of Srimad Bhagavatam. We are not meant to just jump to the tenth canto, because if we do, we could learn, we could memorize, we could have some fun and all of that. But to actually enter into the depths of the mysteries, the realization. It's according to our surrender. So Sukadev Goswami gives us such a mature and realistic approach to Krishna's pastimes. The first nine cantos describes how the absolute truth, how great is God, describes the Purusha avatars, Maha Vishnu, Garbodakshai Vishnu, Kshirodakshai Vishnu, who is the, how the Lord creates the entire cosmic manifestation and how the Lord effortlessly, just by an inhalation and an apparent yoga nidra or sleeping state, he can destroy the entire cosmic manifestation, including all of the universes. And then in the Srimad Bhagavatam, such profound philosophy is given. The teachings of Lord Kapila Dev to Devahuti these are all things that are preliminary. And then the various incarnations of the Lord, like Varaha Dev, Narasinga Dev, Vamana Dev, Matsyavatar. These incarnations are described in great detail in Srimad Bhagavatam to show the supreme supreme transcendence of God's power and greatness. And in all of these incarnations, they all appear in reciprocation to devotees who are taking shelter of them. We read about such pure unalloyed devotees like Prahlad, like Dhruva, Ambarish Maharaj, how they fearlessly endured the most difficult impediments while taking shelter of Krishna and how they were protected. In this way, the greatness of God 
is so profoundly understood before we come to the tenth canto. Jivera Swarupoy Krishnari Nityadas, the eternal nature of every spirit soul is we are servants of Krishna. This is the foundational teaching Lord Chaitanya gave to the world through Srila Sanatana Goswami, that we are all eternally the servants of Krishna. Patram pushpam palamto yam yome bhakta prayachchati. And Krishna has already revealed that actual service is love. Samsidhir Haritoshanam. Krishna is pleased by our devotion. Bhaktya Twananya Yashakya Aham Evam Vidurjana. I reveal myself to those who serve me with love. Srila Prabhupada, he spoke that it is a basic principle of religion all religions, to understand God as our supreme mother and father. When that is fully realized, according to our love, then Krishna reveals even higher, more intimate experiences of our relationship with him. A father and mother, we approach to receive. God is giving us everything to be grateful for that. That is religion. In Brindaban, Krishna increases the opportunity to serve. Krishna appears to his devotees as a friend, as a child, or as a lover. Because the devotees' desire to serve Krishna and please Krishna with love is so deep that Krishna opens the doors to such relationships where we don't, ex we don't accept expect anything from God. We simply want to give and give and give. The supreme dharma is to awaken from our hearts loving service to the Lord. To completely satisfy the self, that service must be unmotivated and uninterrupted. The highest revelation of that truth is Brindavan. Such unconditional devotional service that they have transcended even full knowledge that Krishna is God. 
and they don't even consider whether he's God. They simply unconditionally give their bodies, minds, words, and lives, souls to serve Krishna, to please Krishna. This is what Vrindavan is. A place where the highest level of loving service is given. And this is the way our scriptures and our acharyas teach us to approach Vrindavan so that in a genuine, real way, we can enter into the Lord's eternal abode through absorption, total absorption in remembering Krishna. Why is it that Srila Ramananda Rai said that the only suffering I know is to be without the association of devotees? Because devotees remind each other of Krishna. They share Krishna with each other. This is what actual community of devotees is. Everything else is only meant to facilitate this to help us to be absorbed in Krishna, to be absorbed in pleasing Krishna. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur would say, do not try to see Krishna. Serve Krishna in such a way that Krishna is pleased to see you. This is at the heart of bhakti. Krishna is not different than Vrindavan. Srimati Radharani is Vrindavan Ishwari. She expands her own heart's love as Vrindavan. We have already cited from the Gita Yeyatamam Prapadyante, that according to how we surrender to Krishna, that is how Vrindavan is revealed to us. Or in other words, don't try to see Vrindavan. Try to serve Vrindavan in a way that Vrindavan reveals herself to us. And this service is bhakti. There are nine processes. Hearing, chanting, remembering, to be absorbed. Right now we are, we are in Vrindavan through the association of devotees and through sound vibration, wherever we may be in the world. And this is, this is something that we should treasure. 
Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is Krishna in the mood of Sri Radha, who appeared in the role of a devotee to teach us how to be devotees. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was constantly absorbed in Brindavan. When he first took initiation from Ishwarapuri in Gaya, he was running to Brindavan. But to spread the Sankirtan movement, he returned to Navadweep instead. After taking sannyas in Katva from Keshava Bharati Maharaj, he was running to Brindavan. But his mother, Sachi Devi, pleaded with him, please, the same Krishna in Vrindavan is there in Puri as Jagannath go there. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his enthusiasm, his excitement to be in Vrindavan. He was always in Vrindavan. He taught us this idea of union in separation. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu performed his pastimes on this earth for 48 years. And as far as his physically being in Brindavan, out of 48 years, it was only two months. But yet, during the Ratayatra, he was bringing Krishna to Vrindavan. He was absorbed in the leelas and the bhavas, mahabhavas of Sri Vrindavan Dham. On each side of him in Puri, he would see the gardens being the beautiful forests of Sri Vrindavan Dham. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the Gambira. He was in this very small room in the house of Kashi Mishra, practically continuously for 12 years. And he taught us how to be in Vrindavan through absorption in a mood of separation. Separation actually helps us to become absorbed. Sri Ramananda Rai, Swarup Damodar Goswami, they would constantly sing and chant and the glories of Vrindavan. And together, they were always there. Shikshastakam was born in the Gambira through the deepest, most profound ecstasies of love and separation from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's heart. These eight verses called Shikshastakam to glorify the chanting of the holy names were manifested. Srila Prabhupada tells us that among the most confidential associates of Lord Chaitanya some never actually went to Vrindavan physically. But more than anyone in the history of creation, they were always in Vrindavan. 
in their hearts. Gadadhar Pandit is Srimati Radharani. Srila Prabhupada explains there's no record that he ever went to Vrindavan. When he was living in Puri at the Tota Gopinath temple, he was absorbed in serving the deity of Gopinath. And each and every day, Lord Chaitanya would come and together they would discuss Srimad Bhagavatam. How they would read and discuss the letters of the pages of the book were washed away by the confluence of their tears. Hearing, chanting, remembering, absorbing. They were continuously immersed in Vrindavan. Swarup Damodar Goswami. There's no record that he went to Vrindavan in his life. But yet, by his chanting in kirtan, sweet, beautiful kirtan in Harikata, Lalita Saki, he was tasting the sweetness of Vrindavan in separation. Ramananda Rai had never physically gone to Vrindavan, Vishaka Devi, but yet, just by reciting the wonderful pastimes of Krishna and discussing the philosophy of Krishna consciousness, he was there always. Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, such a great scholar, philosopher, one of the closest associates of the Lord, Srivas Thakur. These great souls, we don't read that they went to Vrindavan. In fact, Srivas in Navadweep, his house was non-different than Vrindavan. Why? Because of the love, because of the absorption, because of their remembering Krishna. Separation is actually an impediment, but it nourishes our love if we take shelter of Krishna in that condition. This is the understanding that our acharyas have given us. Actually, among so many of Lord Chaitanya's associates, their life in Vrindavan was in separation. Jagadananda Pandit, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sent him to Vrindavan, but told him, only stay there for a couple months. And while you're there, always be in the association of Sanatana Goswami, a great devotee. Because otherwise, you will take it to be something ordinary. You will take the Brijabhasis to be ordinary people and you will take the boat of Vrindavan to be an ordinary place. And you may make offenses. So just go there carefully and return. In fact, 
Rarely did Lord Chaitanya tell anyone to stay in Vrindavan physically. Subhuti Rai. <laughs> he was in the most difficult situation. He was completely rejected by the entire society. He was defamed, dishonored, threatened, and alone. Lord Chaitanya told him, go to Vrindavan to live. But while you're there, perform seva to the Vaishnavas. Whenever the devotees from Bengal come to Vrindavan, arrange for them nice rice, nice dahi, and give them tours of the forests of Vrindavan so that they could be absorbed in Vrindavan, so that when they return to their homes, they have this experience that they could be absorbed in and remember forever. Lord Chaitanya sent the six Goswamis to live in Vrindavan. The purpose was to preach, to serve a mission, not just to go there and live, to write the literatures that would be the very foundation by which the world could become Krishna conscious to excavate the holy places of pilgrimage so people could come there to actually personally directly experience Krishna, to build beautiful temples so that people could come and worship and to establish standards within temples by which there could be temples all over the world. He wanted them to go to Vrindavan to exhibit through their own example how a devotee should live in absorption to Krishna. The six Goswamis, their humility, their complete devotion and surrender, and they were there because they were ordered to be there to serve the mission. And that mission was very much preaching, sharing the glories of pure devotional service in Vrindavan with the whole world. How to see and feel Vrindavan was very much taught to us by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When he was on his way to Vrindavan during his first journey, he came to Kanai Natashala. And there he saw that this forest was none different than Vrindavan. He revealed to the world that Vrindavan can be existing in many places if it's existing in our hearts. When he was on a South Indian tour, he was 
walking along the river Godavari. In his absorption and remembering Brindaban and separation, he literally saw Godavari as the river Yamuna. This is not just an imagination. This is not just a poetic explanation. He was seeing the Yamuna because the Godavari became non-different than the Yamuna because of his absorption in remembering Krishna. He saw the forests on the both banks of the Godavari as the wonderful forests of Brindavan. Lord Chaitanya, when he was living in Puri, there was a sand dune called Chatak Parvat. In that, he saw Govardhan Hill. On the night of Ras Purnima, the full moon night of the month of Kartik, he saw the moon rising over the sea. In his absorption, he saw the Yamuna in the sea. He was so absorbed, he dove in. And the entire night he was floating both in the water and on top of the water. Such absorption. Vrindavan, Krishna, Sri Radha, the Lord's pastimes, the Lord's names, who are they are all non-different. We can taste their sweetness. We could realize our identity in relation to Krishna according to our surrender, how we take shelter. And Gita Krishna tells that this material nature with the three modes is very difficult to overcome, but one who takes shelter of me can cross beyond it. Srimad Bhagavatam, the beautiful story of Gajendra, such an impediment he was facing. He was locked down in the jaws of a crocodile and he couldn't get out. It was so painful. And he could feel the imminent death, which meant the imminent separation from his whole family. They were right there in front of him. In that state, helpless, he remembered what he had forgotten. The blessings of the great sages in a previous life, and he took shelter of Krishna and attained perfection. Not only is taking shelter of the Lord the only way out of the miseries of material existence, but on the highest level, it's the way in which we are given entrance by divine grace into Brindavan. 
and man manabhavamad bhakto madhya namaskru. This surrender is how we are absorbed in remembering Krishna. This absorption, this total absorption that we're seeking in our life, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has taught us how that's possible by pleasing Krishna through the sincerity of our devotional service. Lord Brahma, how great he is. He's a great spiritual master. He's the father of everyone. Lord Brahma could not understand who Krishna was. In fact, he had so many times had darshan of Lord Vishnu, Lord Narayan. He's the father of Lord Shiva, the Kumaras, Narada Muni. What is his experience? The Vedas were originally imparted to him. But yet after Krishna delivered Agasura, I'm, yeah, Brahma came down. Who is this little cowherd boy? And there he saw Gopal sitting on the bank of the holy river Yamuna with his friends. And his friends, they, they were not exhibiting any recognition of the Lord is God. In Brahma's abode, the devatas, the great rishis and sages like Brigu Muni, they worshiped the Lord by chanting Vedic hymns, by doing very reverential pujas and worship ceremonies. But these children were joking with Krishna. They were taking bites out of food and giving it to Krishna to taste. It was so free. It was so spontaneous, intimate, and loving. They were little children. At that time, Krishna and the cowherd boys had not even yet um, been given the charge of the cows. They were still tending the little calves. When Brahma saw Gopal having these exchanges with his friends, he was bewildered, perplexed. He had saw the greatness of Varaha Dev and Narasimha Dev. He had seen the greatness of Parasuram and Ramchandra. But this little boy playing so spontaneous with little friends. How is it possible that this is God? So he wanted to test Krishna by his inconceivable, incredible yogic powers. And he did. The story is beautiful. At the conclusion, Lord Brahma he saw all of the gopas 
transforming into his beloved Lord that he knew, Narayan. And then he saw them all disappear and there was just Krishna. Brahma was Vimohan. He was bewildered. He understood, I don't know Krishna. I don't know God. In this state, he really became more humble than a blade of grass. And in that state, he surrendered. He surrendered, took shelter. It was at that time that he could see Vrindavan as it is. Previously, he was there in Vrindavan. He was physically present in Vrindavan. But he couldn't see what Vrindavan really was. The external covering was hiding it. Because the truth of Vrindavan is revealed in proportion to the humility and sincerity of how we're taking shelter of Krishna. of how in the mood of the servant of the servant of Krishna we're pleasing Krishna. When Brahma understood how small and insignificant he was, when any trace of any type of ego was completely evaporated by this impediment he was facing of bewilderment, and he took shelter, he surrendered. for the pleasure of the Lord, then he saw something, a total transformation of vision. The same thing he was looking at, the ground, now he could recognize that every particle of dust was chintamani. That every tree was a kalpa briksha, wish-fulfilling tree. That every cow was kamadenu. He could see the nectarine, eternal spiritual love that was flowing in the river Yamuna, it was revealed to him. Through this beautiful pastime, we gain entrance into how to approach Vrindavan. Akrura, Srila Prabhupada told us, that he is teaching us how to approach Vrindavan. Such eagerness, such enthusiasm, such humility, and how he was surrendering and taking shelter of Krishna on his journey to Vrindavan. In this story, Srila Prabhupada tells, we can't really enter into the realm of Vrindavan by getting a bus ticket or a plane ticket or a train ticket, or even by walking for many miles. It's through this devotion and surrender that we can truly enter into the spirit of Brindavan. Jiva Goswami, he was living in Brindavan with his guru Rupa Goswami, Sanatan Goswami. And when Rupa Goswami, he wanted to sh teach the world 
through the example of Jiva Goswami. At one time, Balababhata came with a mood of service to assist Rupa Goswami in editing the Bhakti Dasamrita Sindhu. And Rupa Goswami was so honored and so grateful. Yes, please, here is the manuscript. Jiva Goswami, he explained so beautifully to Balabhacharya the greatness of Rupa Goswami. And Balabhacharya came to the conclusion there was no need to edit and he brought it back to Rupa Goswami and said, your student, disciple Jiva Goswami, his Vaishnav love and devotion, surrender to his guru and his incredible knowledge. You should be very proud of him. Rupa Goswami called Jiva Goswami and said, Balababhata is my senior. He has come to serve, to help, to protect. What kind of ego do you have to correct him? One who has even a trace of ego is not fit to live in Vrindavan. You should go home. Jiva Goswami, he took this very seriously. He went upstream to Nandagat on the banks of the Yamuna, and there he performed great austerities to free himself from this ego. Actually, there was no ego. But this is the nature of a devotee. They're happy to feel themselves the most fallen, although they're not. <laughs> and Sanatan Goswami saw Jiva Goswami crying for the mercy of the Lord and brought him back to Rupa Goswami. In this way, Rupa Goswami glorified his disciple and showed the world a very important lesson of what it really means to live in Vrindavan. How to approach Vrindavan. Srinivasacharya. He was the son of Chaitanya Das. From his childhood, he would hear the beautiful stories of Lord Chaitanya and his devotees. And when he grew old enough, he was going from his home in Jajigram in Bengal to Puri to meet Lord Chaitanya. He was so eager. For years and years of his life, he was yearning and longing to be with Lord Chaitanya and his associates. But before he arrived, he learned that Lord Chaitanya had disappeared from this world and this only intensified his eagerness. Lord Chaitanya appeared to him in a dream and told him, take shelter of Gadadhar Pandit and learn Srimad Bhagavatam. When he came to Gadadhar Pandit, Gadadhar Pandit explained, my Bhagavatam is it, it, it's covered with our tears of love. You have to get another volume that I can teach you. This beautiful story goes on and on. 
When he returned, Gadadhar Pandit had left the planet. And he was directed to Rupan Sanatan Goswami in Vrindavan. He eagerly walked all the way to Vrindavan in these feelings of separation. And when he arrived in Mathura, he learned that Rupan Sanatan had left the world. And there he found the shelter of Jiva Goswami. What was Srinivasacharya's eagerness, enthusiasm, and sacrifice to go to Vrindavan? We cannot imitate. But this is the lesson that we need to emulate. And finally, he was in Vrindavan, under the shelter of Sri Jiva Goswami. Narottam Das Thakur, he was a prince living in Ketri Gram. And he would always be hearing from a great Vaishnav the glories of Lord Chaitanya and his associates. He was feeling such profound love in separation. He would cry practically day and night. And he went to Brindavan. He left his home. And he had to secretly go through jungles without any, any accompaniment of any person. He had no money, he had no facilities, he had nothing except this intense eagerness to surrender to Krishna and Vrindavan. What was his anticipation? What was his experience when he came to Vrindavan? And there he lived with Shamananda Goswami and um, Srinivasacharya at the Radha Damodar temple with Jiva Goswami, Lokanath Goswami, Gopal Bhatta Goswami. They showed us how to approach Vrindavan and how to live and serve in Vrindavan. But then they didn't stay. Jiva Goswami, Gopal Bhatta Goswami, Lokanath Goswami, their gurus told them, now go to Bengal, go out to spread the message of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the message of the love of Vrindavan to the world. They took the books of the Goswamis And they spent the rest of their lives outside of Vrindavan physically, but forever immersed in the most intimate way, living in Vrindavan, preaching, sharing this message. Among Lord Chaitanya's followers, only a few actually stayed in Vrindavan. And those who stayed, they were serving in such a way to broadcast the glories of Vrindavan to the whole world. Srinivas, Shamananda, Narottam, they preached to thousands and millions of people. They wrote songs, they wrote literatures. They risked everything to please Radharani, to please Krishna as Mahaprabhu 
through spreading the glories of Vrindavan. And we read in the Bhakti Ratnakara and other such scriptures how they were always in the association of devotees, serving one another, hearing, chanting, worshiping, and preaching together. Such absorption. Lord Chaitanya and, uh, and Narottam Das Thakur, they taught us that to actually enter into the true spirit of Vrindavan, we need to follow in the footsteps of the six Goswamis and their descendants. Narottam Das Thakur prayed, Vishayachadiya kabe sudahabe mahana kabe hamas heribo sri brindaban. He's praying, when will I be free from any ego, from any desires, for any selfish pleasures of this world? Only then can I see Brindavan. Sometimes Srila Prabhupada tells us you cannot see Krishna or Vrindavan with your eyes, but we see with our ears. By hearing from the great souls, we have faith. And on the basis of that faith, we practice the principles of devotional service. And gradually by that process of hearing and chanting and remembering and being the servant of the servant of the servant, anarta nivriti, the ego, and all of the material attachments and desires are cleansed from our heart. Cheto darapanam marajanam. And then gradually attachment to Krishna. And from that attachment, this higher taste, this ruchi awakens within us. And then bhava. By Krishna's grace, when he really truly sees our sincerity, Sri Radharani within our hearts awakens our love for Krishna. And even with that bhava, that love, still, we're not qualified for Vrindavan. When that love is developed through our devotion and our surrender and our absorption, it becomes prema. And in that prema, Vrindavan is revealed to us. Within our hearts, Sanatana Goswami, he, as the senior most of the six Goswamis, he taught by his personal example how to approach Vrindavan, how to live in Vrindavan forever, wherever we are. Tomorrow we will discuss Vrindavan from the perspective of the loving devotion of Srila Sanatana Goswami. But I'd like to say one thing. 
today. Sanatan Goswami, when he met Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Varanasi. And tomorrow we'll discuss all of the impediments that he had to endure where some of us are experiencing lockdowns. Sanatana Goswami was really locked down. At one point, from being prime minister and multi-billionaire and the most popular person in the kingdom, he was cast into prison. If you go to Ramakali, his prison cell is still there. It's an underground prison where he was in chains. Such an impediment of lockdown. But yet, he saw an opportunity, and he escaped. And when he finally met Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu again in Varanasi, he prayed to Lord Chaitanya, make me a puppet, a wooden puppet, and make me dance as you wish for me to dance. When he approached Lord Chaitanya in this way, Lord Chaitanya gave him the instruction to go to Vrindavan. Our beloved Srila Prabhupada, he was living in Vrindavan in the very heart of the place of Seva Kunj, where the Goswamis would meet regularly, just beside the Samadhi of Sri Rupa Goswami. And he also was given the order, just like Srinivas, just like Narottam, just like the six Goswamis, he was given an order by his Guru Maharaj to take this message of Vrindavan to the world. On the Jaladuta, that cargo ship, when he was approaching the Boston Harbor, after such impediments of heart attacks and seasickness and not knowing what was going to happen before him, he offered a prayer. The same spirit following in the footsteps of Sanatan Goswami, he prayed to Krishna. Make me your puppet and let me dance as you like me to dance. This type of shelter, this mood of service, this humility, gratitude is the beautiful example that Srila Prabhupada has given us. And it is at the very heart of our teachings and the very heart of our movement. Let us pray. Let us pray we can genuinely aspire for this goal, to be a puppet to be a puppet of, in the hands of Srila Prabhupada of all of our previous acharyas and ultimately of Sri Nityananda Prabhu and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In this spirit, 
wherever we may be, Vrindavan will awaken in our hearts. And then, in fact, we are in Vrindavan. And we go to the original Vrindavan on pilgrimage as the associates of Lord Chaitanya often did. And in Srila Prabhupada's spirit, which was one and one and non-different than Mahaprabhu's pastimes, we return to our homes, we return to our places of, of service, which Sri Vrindavan enshrined within our hearts. Today, we're sitting in front of computer screens. Usually when we have yatras, there's thousands of people around us. We're actually feeling the dust of Vrindavan or Mayapur or Puri or these other holy places. We're bathing in the sacred rivers. But actually, by our faith, by our gratitude for what Krishna is giving us at this moment. We could be even more in Vrindavan because Vrindavan will, is in us. If we are physically in Vrindavan, but Vrindavan is not in us, then we have a very minimal experience. But if our absorption and our devotion attracts Vrindavan to reveal within ourselves, then we're truly in Vrindavan anywhere in the world we may be. We have cited examples of some of the greatest acharyas and saints and incarnations and eternal gopi associates of Krishna and Lord Chaitanya's Leela. They never physically went to Vrindavan, but they taught us all to live how to live in Vrindavan forever. And our beloved Srila Prabhupada, he has given us this, his words, his example. In 1972, he invited devotees to come for one month in Vrindavan, where he discussed the Bhaktira Samrita Sindhu of Sri Rupa Goswami. He gave everyone the experience and the direction. And as his Guru Maharaj taught him, and as Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught his disciples, how to be absorbed in Vrindavan, in Krishna, through our hearing, through our chanting, through our character as Vaishnavas, and our enthusiasm eagerness and determination to serve our gurus, to serve Srila Prabhupada and Mahaprabhu's mission by sharing Vrindavan with each other and with the whole world. I thank you very much.
Thank you so much, Maharaj. Uh, there's no words to express. I think all the 10, 15,000 people who have been witnessing, hearing this, will also feel that uh, you've taken us back to the Vrindavan Dham. And uh, as you said, we need to absorb the mood of Vrindavan in separation. But it, Vrindavan is in our hearts, and it will be revealed only according to how we take shelter. So thank you so much. Uh, before uh, Radhana Swami Maharaj uh, starts the Kirtan, I just had a very brief, small announcement. Uh, <clears throat> we have, as Maharaj has uh, very beautifully explained today, he has actually also, more than 12 years ago, started the process of uh, developing his vision in accordance with uh, the Acharyas and Srila Prabhupada's desire to uh, bring Vrindavan uh, closer to uh, uh, to us physically, wherein we could also develop that mood of Vrindavan that he spoke about uh, when he started developing the Govardhan Eco Village. And uh, <clears throat> this is uh, only two hours outside Mumbai, um, but it is uh, for many who have been there, you will attest to the fact that it is a completely uh, different world and uh, even more so in the last couple of years. Uh, so, uh, we have a complete replica of all the activities of uh, Vrindavan, all the temples, the shrines, the beautiful uh, samadhis, uh, Yamuna River. Uh, it's, uh, uh, but with all that, uh, we also need little help in maintaining the, uh, the, the beautiful atmosphere. It's a very a modest amount that, uh, considering the spiritual value of the Vrindavan forest, um, and knowing how much it will affect the spiritual lives of uh, thousands of people, what it represents. So uh, we are uh, we have a small scheme, which is a very modest one, which is only 5,000 rupees per year, which can help us uh, become a sevak in the Vrindavan forest. So we're inviting devotees to participate to create a devotional uh, family center uh, around Vrindavan. And uh, this is this will be in service of a dear vision of Srila Prabhupada himself and our Acharyas, which has now been also devel being developed by His Holiness Radhana Swami Maharaj. So basically it is our appeal to that we can all come together to help in preserving and improving the atmosphere and helping others who can come and touch with Vrindavan and have a transformation of their hearts. So I just uh, request Rasika Chai Prabhu just for a moment, if you can just uh, put the uh, yeah, the poster. So this is a brief poster which we will send to you uh, <clears throat> to on your uh, WhatsApp and mails, uh, which gives the details about uh, for anyone who's uh, who feels the appeal, uh, who would like to, who's inspired. Uh, then how they can contribute and help, and uh, and thus uh, come together in this in this service. Thank you. Yeah, this is the poster. So this will be given uh, sent to all of you separately. This is just to bring to your kind notice. Thank you. Uh, over to uh, Maharaj. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so very much. This, what, what, what our very esteemed and beloved Krishna Chandra Prabhu is 
is presenting is um, an opportunity um, to really come together as a family in the service of Vrindavan Dham. It's um, necessity is only a small part because such little necessities are, are arranged by Krishna to give opportunity to really form a family of Vaishnavas around offering service to, to our Vrindavan forest, which is um, in the service of Srila Prabhupada's vision, um, a way to remember and absorb ourselves in Vrindavan in separation. At this time, let us conclude with Kirtan.